Hello and welcome to The Buzz, a bank automation news podcast. My name is Whitney McDonald and I'm the editor of Bank Automation News. Joining me today is president of InvestNet, Farouk Ruchichi. He's here to discuss the importance of harnessing the power of data through technology for added efficiencies and better understanding of the target audience. Yeah, first of all, hi, Whitney. Um, Very good to see you again. Um, For the listening audience, my name is Farouk Firchichi, and I am the president of InvestNet Data Analytics line of business, also known to many of your listeners as Yodli or like we'd like to joke internally and say, it's Yodli 2.0. And we serve globally the banking, tech, and wealth industry uh, with an alternative data and AI-powered bank-as-a-service platform that brings together kind of the data connectivity, the data intelligence, and hyper-personalized digital money management experiences in one integrated ecosystem. Now, I know that... InvestNet has been busy um, definitely for the past six months or so. Can you talk through some of the latest upgrades and newest offerings that InvestNet has been working on? Yeah, I mean, InvestNet generally has had a lot of new things going on, and particularly here in the InvestNet DNA line of business, a lot has happened over the past 18 months. Uh, For example, in wealth management, um, we we launched our wealth data platform, or as our clients know it as WDP, uh, and the focus there has been on driving and measuring growth for our clients and their end clients, their investors. In the banking retail banking space, we have a lot going on. We moved from a pure aggregation uh, to a leading open banking and alternative data value providers. We invested more in the AI and machine learning and data and AI governance. Um, In addition to kind of growing our open banking footprint here in North America and abroad. And as a result, we were able to launch kind of new alternative data solutions. Uh, We, uh, well, actually our alternative credit data solutions, our small business solution and continue to kind of improve our customer-facing digital experiences, taking kind of PFM or the personal financial management experiences to the next level, growing from what is used to be just a money discovery tool um, to more of a planning and execution of your money management experiences, like tokenization for verification and identity check, goal setting, savings, and subscription management, to name a few. Of course, all of uh, powered by our unique kind of set of alternative data uh, database, as well as uh, the analytical capability we have behind. Now, with these recent launches in mind and new products in mind, and of course, being in the business of data, I'd love to start things off by talking about really just the importance of harnessing data and analytics for financial institutions. Can you talk us through that? Yes, Whitney. Um, When you think about this, kind of generally speaking about the socio-political and uh, economic uh, challenges that are facing us uh, in the world, uh, financial institutions are obviously not immune and are seeking uh, a stable business that uh, can overcome uh, these headwinds. And the way they do that is balancing the risk management side of the business and the growth side of the business. And uh, more importantly, in these days, with a finite number of resources available to them. 
as so as as such, um, we we see uh, the 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 weight and the importance put into harnessing the power of data is essential. Uh, it is a great tool, especially these days, uh, to enable automation and productivity on one hand, uh, enabling faster and cheaper uh, uh, development and augmentation of risk management processes, while enabling at the same time deeper sales and product and marketing uh, segmentation, um, enabling them uh, truly to differentiate product offering with a higher degree of targeting. Now, getting into the how behind that, um, really, how can FIs approach this strategy of harnessing data? And maybe you can talk through where the technology element comes in. Yeah, as we list, as we constantly are listening and talking to our clients and at the same time finding ways to respond uh, and serve their needs, uh, we see uh, data, AI, and technology harness in delivering uh, particularly the hyper-personalized services uh, to the employees in the back office uh, to do their job better. And of course, the front office to their clients to achieve their financial needs. Uh, focusing on the employee and the back office, we see it in risk management improvements uh, of existing like uh, credit risk management processes for decisioning, uh, uh, around for decisioning, credit decisioning, loss forecasting, or even collection, as well as in the operational risk management processes side, automation, we we an improvement and augmentation. We see it in um, that including like fraud detection, security monitoring, as well as augmenting anti-money laundering capabilities. Uh, we see also uh, an emerging an emergence at scale. Uh, of deploying uh, data and AI in the product planning aspect, understanding the lifetime needs of existing clients and build that personalized uh, roadmap of what and when uh, a given a product can be offered at what price to a given customer. We also see um, uh, marketing uh, segments Become segmentation becoming more refined, um, uh, allowing the organization, frankly, to meet the needs of their clients in a more hyper-personalized way. Uh, and again, hyper-personalized not to fault, but at the right time, uh, using the right omni-channel that is preferred by the clients. But, uh, but uh, honestly, Whitney, for this data, AI, and analytics harnessing uh, to be deployed effectively. Um, we see companies who are the most effective at this have laid the foundation uh, of a cultural change around uh, quote-unquote data and artificial and machine artificial intelligence and machine learning uh, literacy. Um, the second area where we see uh, is uh, laying the foundation of data governance as well as model governance processes, and then data and AI infrastructure, preferably in the cloud. When you have these type of um, uh, technical prerequisites, I like to say, uh, they will enable a faster 
and a more effective and efficient deployment of the data, AI, and technology combined. Uh, obviously, we, 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 we preach this to our clients all the time, uh, different clients and FIs at different stages of their maturities, but all three areas are, are, are areas we are um, actively consulting at no additional cost to our clients because for them to take the, to get the most return, to, to, to achieve the most return from our products and services, uh, we, 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 we work with them in laying that prerequisite foundation. Now, speaking of that foundation, and I know you touched a little bit on some of the areas where you can see the benefits coming through um, the back end, the front end. Maybe we could dive a little bit deeper into some of those benefits that a financial institution might see from leveraging their data and analytics. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we we do we do believe the benefit to end consumers for clients is uh, access to the promise of open finance powered by open banking. And, and, and that promise needs to be featured with this hyper-personalized product options that they have access to that they don't today at a competitive price at the right time. On the flip side, for the financial institution, uh, the benefits are to grow and be more productive. And when I say grow, I mean via higher client retention and more holistic kind of lifetime relationship and value from the customers they manage today above and beyond their uh, onboarding new kind of clients and prospects. And then when I say productivity, I mean the ability to scale and differentiate back office processes around product management, servicing and marketing plans and strategies at a lower cost. Now, wondering if you can discuss or give an example of a bank or client that's doing this well, um, what data has brought to a certain uh, financial institution or client, um, maybe talk through what some of those time savings uh, or monetary savings might look like. Yeah, absolutely. This is one of my favorite uh, topics, Whitney, because uh, while, while whether internally within our organization or more importantly with our client, we like to talk a lot about value captured because we as a business to business to the end client kind of provider, uh, we want our uh, we want to make sure that our products and services are adding measurable value. And uh, without naming names, as you know, uh, many of our clients are using um, our open banking and value add data, AI, and digital technology services. And I want to share with you a couple a couple examples. One of our one uh, from one of our uh, large FI uh, uh, clients, where their customer retention across multiple product line and segments has improved incrementally because customer considering another firm uh, maintain their accounts and respective fee revenue. For the composite organization or this organization I'm talking about, the total risk adjusted operating profit increased uh, due to this improved client retention, believe it or not, by 24 million over a three year period of time. And then another client of ours who's a little bit smaller, mid-sized regional FI client uh, increase their wallet share, and that's due to a more efficient, reliable aggregation of financial data 
of their customer and supporting uh, behind the scenes, the intelligence and the analytical services that we provide, customers account managers get increased visibility into the assets they do not actively manage with their client, which allow them uh, to put the programs together to compare services of external assets and design internally products and solution to bring those assets in house, uh, leading uh, to fundamentally an increase in revenue uh, to the new due to the new asset and their management. The composite three-year uh, risk adjusted, which is the value metric that we use with our clients and confidence, uh, profit increase for this FI. Um, uh, uh, with the effect of this uh, wallet share program to a total of $15 million. Yeah, when you put it into those uh, quantifiable measures, and I know that you said, of course, there's the value capture and value add, um, it, it really, um, the, the times, the money savings, the time savings, it all, um, it all adds up. And that's exactly what you guys are working toward. Um, anything that we did it hit on that you wanted to be sure to? Yeah, if I may, I know everyone speaks about chat GPT and AI and generative AI and all of that. And a couple things I'd like to share or three things. One, um, it is a reality. You cannot run from it. It is coming. Uh, we at InvestNet, uh, in general, in DNA, uh, in particular, data analytics line of business in particular, we've been using generative AI for years right now. Uh, it is our core IP behind the scenes. We just didn't advertise it because it was not something that people talk about. It's too technical, um, but we do now. Uh, the second thing I would say, um, the best application that we see and we're investing in of how to implement chat GPT, it is going to be on the back office uh, to gain that credibility with the employees, with the organization. It'll be focused on automation, creating content at scale and so on. Uh, and then finally, I would say uh, for chat GPT to be accepted and roll out at scale, there has to be a deliberate uh, effort around uh, AI literacy, as well as AI governance, and openly discussing the AI ethics and the good, the bad, and the ugly that comes with it. You've been listening to The Buzz, a bank automation news podcast. Please follow us on LinkedIn. And as a reminder, you can rate this podcast on your platform of choice. Thank you for your time and be sure to visit us at bankautomationnews.com for more automation news.